0: religious freedom of religious institutions, why would they be interested in in a bill here in California? A bill attacking the religious freedom of Christian colleges. Our guest today is Stanley Carlson Thies, is the founder and senior director of the Institutional Religious Freedom Alliance. Stanley, welcome back to Freedom's Ring.
1: Yeah, thanks so much, Alan.
0: And thank you for taking an interest in uh, the legislative maneuverings here in our fair state of California. <laughs> you're you're on the right coast, as somebody recently said.
1: Well, uh, I'm, I'm on the other coast, at least. <laughs> I'm actually from California, so that, uh, of course, is one reason I'm interested, but mainly because, you know, policies, and in this case having to do with religious freedom and sexual orientation, issues like that, even if it's a state issue, is a similar kind of thing that can come up federally. And certainly if a very populous and popular state, uh, trend-setting state like California, uh, passes some legislation on an a important topic like this, it may well end up being passed in other states or even being picked up by the federal government. So there's every reason to watch what's happening out in California on this.
0: And what is your concern about what the California bills are going to do to restrict the religious freedom of, of faith-based institutions?
1: Right. Uh, Of course, faith-based institutions, uh, they play a really big role in everyone's life, even those who don't attend them because of the role they play in education and health care and helping the poor uh, domestically and overseas, uh, shaping people's conscience and uh, many other things. And so it's it's important what happens to them. And of course, for religious people, it's important because uh, religious institutions are one way they carry out uh, their duties towards God. In the case of the Christian religion, God says, love me with your whole heart and mind, but love your neighbor as yourself. And one way we do that is through uh, institutions, and we pass on the faith through educational institutions, investigate the world and, you know, the way God made it and so on. So these are are really important, but also specifically in this case, because our uh, society, just like other Uh, advanced societies around the world, or just about every society, is wrestling with this question of how should government treat fairly people of faith who object to certain forms of sexual conduct, certain kinds of intimate relationships, and all those other people in society who think these things are just fine, and that nobody should be uh, harmed because they don't go along with the religious views of part of society. So, you know, how a society is going to deal with religious freedom on the one side, sexual orientation, gender identity, same-sex marriage, those kinds of things on the other, is just a really important topic around the world. And so to watch how it plays out in California uh, gives us an idea of how these things might play out across the whole United States. And Alan, I think, you know, for me, uh, it makes sense. Uh, I wouldn't do it this way myself because my views are different, but it makes sense that A society, a government can get to a place where they say, we have deep differences about human sexuality, but, of course, we think that uh, everybody ought to be protected, whatever their sexual conduct is, and so on, and the fact that some people don't like that, that's not going to keep us from protecting in the law that somebody can't get fired from their job in general because of sexual orientation or whatever, and so that's kind of where we have come in our society. But, of course, at the same time, have uh, religious communities uh, that have an alternative view on these things, and the question is how to deal with, you know, these two different trends in society. It's one thing to legally protect people from being uh, discriminated against. It's another thing, what, what do we do about religious institutions in which people voluntarily go there, say they want to be a student, they want to be faculty, they want to be taught in a certain environment? Should it be illegal for them to follow a practice that the rest of society is not so happy about.
0: Well, and I think that's really the question that we're facing in California. You know, as an employment lawyer who represents workers who, who suffered religious discrimination, I work with a lot of other employment lawyers who are very committed to civil rights, who are committed to gay rights. And for the most part, they respect the fact, the, the rights of religious institutions to have, you know, their own views about marriage being between a man and a woman, et et etc., and think that religious institutions have the right to their views. But those sponsoring legislation don't share that sort of live-and-let-live attitude. Uh, They're taking a much more aggressive tone and saying, look, you have to live by the same rules as everybody else, and you can't discriminate against gays in any way, uh you have to recognize gay clubs. you have to open up married student housing to same sex married couples um you know you have to uh, accommodate transgender students and and all of the rest, and essentially, you have to abandon your traditional values and beliefs if you're going to exist in our state
1: yeah, so it's kind of an irony California. Uh, in many ways, is very open to and very alive with different kinds of uh, philosophies, religions, spiritualities, and so on. And it really prides itself on diversity and a kind of live and and let live atmosphere. And yet, in this instance, uh, the legislator who is pushing the bill and and those who are joining him uh, don't seem to want to do that. It's, I think, really striking that it's not that Uh, a religious higher education institution that has unpopular sexual standards, that it's illegal for them to have those standards. In fact, that's still protected in California law. Instead, what this legislation says is if you have those standards, then you can't uh, receive any kind of state money in any way, including students who have a Cal Grant can't come to your institution to get their education. So I think it's not so much that uh, these institutions can't exist. It's that the government's trying to punish them for having these unpopular views. But to my mind, uh, you know, diversity and pluralism means that we find a way to live together even though we differ. And so in this case, uh, with students, in many cases they're Hispanic, other minority students, they they come from low-income families, Uh, they have found a welcome place in many religious uh, higher education institutions uh, they find a welcoming environment, low student-teacher ratios, uh, a, a culture of getting support uh, despite maybe being the first generation uh, going to college. And even if they end up with a, a debt, less because the state of California has helped, but they still end up with a the debt, they are also have been prepared for life out in society. And they pay off their debts uh, at really high levels. And so to say to a student like that who decides they want to go to a religious higher education institution, which they know has conservative sexual standards, that may be their own standards, and they want to go there for their education, not some other place. The Californians say to them, but we're just not going to let you go there. We're not going to help you go there. We're going to try to marginalize that institution as much as possible, because other Californians don't want to have that same sexual ethic. That just seems to me not pluralism. That's not diversity. That's not even helping those uh Californians who, for their own reasons, have a particular view on sexuality that's not an illegal view at all. And so why uh, the institutions would be punished and those students would be punished, I think that's the question that lawmakers ought to be asked.
0: So, you know, here's the rub. You know, you insist that our views on marriage and sexuality are not illegal, but the proponents of the bill essentially embrace the worldview that our views are illegal, Well, certainly they're is. the equivalent of bigotry and racism. It's as though we were, you know, white supremacists promoting uh, a racist ideology.
1: Yeah, that, that's that's kind of uh, the tendency to, to say that. So what you're doing is wrong, and therefore the state can't support it kind of way, even if we're not going to make it illegal. Well, you know, it, it seems to me pretty inconsistent with the idea that uh, marriage equality or that uh, we need to have gay equality, and so on, uh, surely that must mean that we accept that we have different points of view on this. In in the past, there was a, a consensus of most people that certain kinds of things were bad and others weren't, and now we have very diverse views about that, and the law is protecting everyone. But now it seems to be switching beyond that to say, but if the views of your institution and your own personal views are not open to a new kind of progressive morality on these issues. Then we're going to say you're just, uh, you know, not acceptable in polite society. And I think a lot of Californians ought to be very offended by that, that their views are, uh, are said to be equivalent of yeah, being uh, a racist or something like that, even though they're actually just saying, you know, we're we're glad when men and women fall in love with each other and want to get married, and we're not saying that nobody else can get married but this is what we think is right, and this is what we'd like to cultivate. Uh, to say that's wrong, and furthermore, for Californians to become so, their zone of tolerance to become so small that they just don't want to see a religious higher education institution that has conservative moral values be able to exist and accept students and uh, have them go out in society and, and live productive lives. I think it's, a, it's a, to my mind, a very distorted idea Of discrimination when it gets used in this way. And it's going to be very harmful to actual diversity and certainly to many of those families, uh, faculty, students who would just love education that's in a particular moral or religious setting.
0: Well, and you know, you're certainly right when you said earlier that this bill would punish the institutions by depriving them of the state grant funds, the Cal grant funds for their students. But you know, this is step one. If this succeeds, uh, what happens once the institutions are financially independent and still hold to those values? If those values are unacceptable, then, you know, we'll have another bill next year and another bill after that and another bill after that and chipping away at our rights simply to exist.
1: Yeah, I think that certainly has to be one of the big worries. And, uh, correspondingly, because there really is a, a guaranteed religious freedom in the California Constitution, United States Constitution, the only way these things can proceed down that path, Alan, as you know, is by defining religion smaller and smaller. And so it becomes something that, sure, you can exercise that in your mosque or in your church, but not out in society. Sure, you can exercise that if you never get any kind of public support or funds But if you get any, then you can't exercise it. Sure, you can exercise that if it's just in your head, but not if you're trying to live it out in society. That's just such a travesty of a a right. Uh, You know, a right to conscience should be that you can live your life according to a conscience, not just by yourself, but with others, and that you can serve others according to your conscience, offer your wares, uh, join with others who have the same views, the same faith, and live that out. And if we keep going down this path, then basically we're saying that that guaranteed right to religious freedom, freedom of conscience, is really pretty meaningless. And then we are in a very different kind of society than we have been.
0: Stanley, we have maybe one more minute left. You direct an alliance dedicated to protecting the religious freedom of institutions. Um, what would you say to our listeners about how they can do something practical? to to help protect religious freedom.
1: Yeah, so if if they are in one of these organizations, you know, they ought to be thinking about these things and what does the organization itself need to do with its board and its supporters and so on. But boy, they probably uh, have connections with these organizations, some of their friends, colleagues, whatever, work in them. Uh, send students off to them and so on. This is really a time for people to wake up, uh, whether they're inside an organization or just uh, know that they play an important role, and take up the opportunity to call your local assemblyman uh, or to talk this up with your friends. Isn't this a bad way to express the views of uh, diversity and tolerance and freedom of faith and conviction that we say we all believe in.
0: I couldn't agree more. Our guest today is Stanley Carlson Thies, founder, senior director of the Institutional Religious Freedom Alliance. We've been talking about California Senate Bill 1146, a frontal attack on the religious freedom of Christian colleges. Stanley, a pleasure as always to have you with us on Freedom's Ring today.
1: I'm really glad to do it and beat back that bill.
0: Thank you. We certainly pray
1: that we can.
0: This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Reynock. Until next week, let freedom ring.